Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. We have in the studio two people who don't need a hundred thousand euro. Oh, uh, just because they're zen and all that kind of thing. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Barbara and Declan join us, us once again. We're, we're over 18, though. Yeah. We, we you could, are Yeah, we'd yeah. yeah, be like so fixy if one of you wanted to imagine. Oh, really? Yeah, do you know what? Oh. It's it's still would, look, just like wouldn't look good. It wouldn't still look wouldn't good. be RTA. Wouldn't look good. Oh, here. <laughs> still be honest by comparison. <laughs> no taxpayers' funds were yeah, abused in the exactly. course of this, yes. <laughs> Right, anyway, here's your first question. I've recently gotten engaged and I've officially entered wedding planning mode, which should be an exciting experience for my fiancé and I, but it's proven to be nothing but stressful so far. And it's all coming down to the guest list. I'm very fortunate that my parents immediately offered to pay for the whole thing, which I am so grateful for. Don't get me wrong, but it comes with the condition that I have to invite their friends, who I don't know or care about. I've always wanted a big wedding, so the fact that my fiancé and I now don't have to stress about the financial burden is amazing. But I also want the day to be personal, and I don't want to share such an intimate experience with people that I haven't seen since I was two. Some of the names on the list my mother handed me aren't even familiar and others are people that she knows I cannot stand. I'm in such a difficult situation because I don't want to seem ungrateful, but this is my wedding day, not my parents' school reunion. How can I explain this to my parents without them being offended or seeming like a spoiled brat? Mm. (laughs) It's a puzzler. That's a puzzle, isn't it? Yeah. It's funny that she wants a big wedding, but it's an intimate experience. is the note of the problem here. Three or four thousand close friends. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, the first thing is, I don't think she can explain this to her parents without sounding like a spoiled brat. Uh, because, like, the, the simple truth of this um, is, if you want to control the day and the guest list entirely, well, then you really need to pay for it yourself. Yeah. Um, and as I say, the, the other thing that jumped out uh, um, at this is the fact that she says she always wanted a big wedding, but she wants the day to be personal and she thinks it's an intimate experience. Um, and those two things don't go together. So... The first thing she needs to do before she talks to, you know, works out the the guest list is decide what kind of wedding do you actually want? Because a big wedding or a personal intimate wedding, they're two separate things completely. Mm, So decide... Decide what you want. Um, I mean, having your parents offer to pay for it is a huge big deal, especially nowadays. I yeah. It's a huge big deal. And you're, you, I mean, she knows that and she is very fortunate. But I honestly don't see how you can take your parents' money and then say you can't, to the parents, you actually can't invite who you want. I get to control and you're not inviting your friends or whatever else. Um, I mean, I think having said all that, I think there is room for maybe having a chat about a compromise with your mother um, and maybe start by looking at venues because a venue, you know, if you do want the more intimate experience, well, you go for a smaller venue then where the numbers will be Mm. limited and then you can use that as a kind of a like, but mom, like we can't have cousin Jack and and your mate from school and whatever else because we're only allowed to invite 80 people or 100 people or whatever. Um, But I mean, you know, the old cliche of who pays the piper calls the tune um, is a cliche (laughs) because it's true. Um, Pipers? Are they having pipers at the way? (laughs) Probably. (laughs) But they're our close personal friend pipers. (laughs) The other thing which I would just say to her is that if you do, you know, try and strike a compromise or if you do decide that there isn't a compromise and you, you say to your parents, look, fair enough, we will pay for the wedding and therefore we will, that's possibly not going to go down a whole 
like particularly well. Yeah. I could imagine yeah. your parents being very hurt about that. So I would kind of be careful. And you know what? Like a wedding day is full of compromises. It, they're not perfect. Like people who have this idea of we'll have this perfect wedding and it'll all be perfect. Never goes perfectly. There'll always be something that goes wrong. There'll always be something that perhaps isn't exactly like what you'd imagined in your head. So I think a little dose of realism plus compromise is what's needed here. Now, Declan is nodding. I can't wait see. to hear what he's going to say because he, he's okay. going to use the word bridezilla. I know he is. I, I, like we've all got, yeah. uh, we've all got odds on us yeah. on that. People yeah. <laughs> win money depending on how many seconds he gets to it. He's betting that I'm going to say br- no. No, I won't say that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Am I that obvious? <laughs> yeah, when I read this letter, I, I, I was just a bit eye-rolly because I, it just feels to me that it, it's a common kind of trope where you have um, the brides-to-be, you have this version of like, I always wanted an XYZ kind of a wedding. They have a vision in their head of what it is, but they don't don't actually have enough life experience to actually know what that actually means and what what it involves for everybody. It's like saying I want a big party but I don't want any vegetarians at it. You know, you, you kind of go <laughs> Well, okay. that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, Hello? No, I said vegetarians, <laughs> not vegan. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not totally mad. <laughs> um, but it is that thing, you know, imagine like not realising that the idea of offering vegetarian food at a wedding isn't because you like or don't like beef. It's that some other people need to have their needs met. And in this instance, her parents have to have their needs met. I know they're not the central part of this picture, but they are part of the ever-rolling story of life. And they had a wedding at one stage, and I'm sure that they had experiences where, oh, you're not going to invite X, Y and Z or the butcher, the baker and the paper and the candlestick yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So if you wanted to have a conversation with your, your mother at all, I reckon that would be the kind of conversation to have, to ask her to talk about her experiences when she was organising her wedding and about what kind of stuff, what kind of compromises that her mum had to make versus what she thought and that's how... That's quite clever, isn't it? And how, mm, that is, that's yeah, not yeah. where I thought he was going at all. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. I've, I've grown a lot since Jeez. we've been apart, Barbara. <laughs> two weeks now. <laughs> okay, I'm impressed. Dare I am impressed. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but from that point alone, I think that in that conversation, I think that... that the, the bride to be might recognise that there's an element of having to be make this. You've already said compromises. These compromises have to be made yeah. if you're going to, you know, because you, you you always end up having to invite somebody, you know, whether they're the plus one of somebody or whether there are an entire table of people. That you, you know, there's always going to be an aspect there of is. this that the limitations are the size of the room. And that's the best excuse you can have yeah. of all. You go, oh, sorry, it's a tiny, intimate party. So therefore, I can only invite a thousand of my closest friends. Yeah. <laughs> and so that kind of stuff, you know, I, for ours, from when Andrew and I got married, it was actually a very small event and it was torture having to not invite yeah, people because it's kind of awkward. Yeah, we know. Because people we do know. remember. Yeah, people with know. long memories do remember. <laughs> well, there. They didn't but make she the wants a big wedding. She that's has it planned out in her that's head. That's well, What does that actually mean? And I think but if she wants a big wedding, what's the problem then in having people she doesn't know at it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh like, no, pity about her. Like yeah. there's bound to be people you don't know. Yeah. Exactly. It's you know, not like she has to go doing shots with them people's or anything. Plus exactly. ones. Everybody, everybody, like, you know, my friend from work brings yeah. their Have you met everybody? No, you won't. No, you won't. So, yeah. so it, again, again it, it boils down to what I've been saying about experiences. She doesn't actually have an experience of a wedding yet. So she doesn't realise that the thing that her mum knows yeah. is that you have to invite but some of these yes, people. They remember. And they're part of your life. Maybe 30 years ago when you were a baby, 
but they've been part I of my life. she gets to the can we bring our kids question. <laughs> oh, God. That's the other oh, one yeah. that set off oh, the fireworks, you know That's what I mean? <laughs> no kids allowed. Yeah, yeah, would, yeah. would you guess that perhaps she, she might be the first getting married or maybe is yeah. even an only child? Possibly. And the parents are delighted by this yeah. and you know kind of want to go oh and let's have some friends let's you know and also you know when you are getting married I mean you know you, you are legally and philosophically getting married in front of society at large yeah. there is, you know you are it's getting not, married yeah. you know so trying to pretend that you want a small like kind intimate of intimate wedding of, thing is you know, ridiculous is yeah. it, you know I do agree that some people just want it to be kept as small as possible either for financial reasons or because that's the kind of personalities they are but if you are on one hand saying you want a big wedding, you're just going to have to take some, you know, exactly. there are going to be some family members there or some, yeah, extended people who you don't particularly want to be there. Uh, surprisingly, not everyone is saying you're 100% right. Uh, pay for your own damn wedding, sport, <laughs> yeah. madam, says one person. Somebody else says, though, uh, hang on. Oh, you, hang on. You can have a personal wedding, even if there's 200 people. We did. It might be a big room with lots of people, but we knew every single person there and carefully thought about seating plans, etc. It's amazing how big a wedding gets when you and your partner invite family, friends from a variety of groups you've met down the years, work, etc. But that doesn't mean your day doesn't feel personal. Okay, but I agree yeah, with I accept that. that. Yeah, except that. But I don't really. believe you know everybody at a wedding because if, you know, I mean... Okay, Paul was English. No, he's not English anymore. He's now Irish Hall. Um, but there were people he invited that I'd never met before. There was people that I had there that he'd never met before. And then there's the plus one people mm. who neither of you had ever met before. So it's And hard it's all to down visit. to value systems as well, because that, the person who texted in there saying, oh, you know, I had no problem when I was filling up my thing full of friends and family. You didn't. Is there anybody in your family who you didn't invite? Yeah, well? I'd yeah. like to know, because the reality of it is, is that the letter writer here, the problem uh, writer is is quite clear in their head of that, that they want to exclude these yeah. people. And, and when you get into that kind of territory, that's where the problem is. It isn't about filling a room. It's about removing some people. And it's also, yeah. there's a huge big political game to play when you're doing something like this mm. as well. <laughs> in not alienating anti this and uncle that and various other people who perhaps you're not that fond of, but they are family and they're close to your parents that you have to invite. So, you know, it's not a black and white in most families. Obviously, whoever texted yeah. in there is an exception. Uh, but uh, in most families, you know, there's... There's people there that perhaps they wouldn't have been your first choice there, but you're keeping everybody happy. Uh, your wedding should only be for people you know. The parents are cruel for setting rules cruel. on their kind gesture. Uh, someone else says, cash presents from the strangers at your wedding will soothe all anxiety. <laughs> yeah, now you're talking. Uh, someone else says, uh, use the golf gate solution. Her mother and friends can be in another room, just a partition between them, uh, which can be moved. Uh, Claire says, pay for it for yourself. Simple. Uh, read the spoiled girl's wedding. Does the groom have a say, uh, okay. says Therese uh, in Cork. It's true. She's just mentioned the fiancé is in. He's going away Passing. along with whatever. Uh, it's her wedding, not her parents. Having a party that she happens to be getting married out she chooses they pay <coughs> gosh okay. uh, John says why doesn't the spoiled brat have an intimate registry office wedding and dinner after with a few friends and family then the big blowout wedding at her parents expense possibly including arriving on two expensive elephants uh, <laughs> That's not a bad idea. That's not fair in the elephants. Uh, speaking <laughs> okay, of someone who no longer has her parents around, I'm so glad I invited everyone my mum and dad wanted to yeah. have there. They did yeah, not yeah. pay for my wedding, but I have no regrets. I always, I always think it's such a selfish comment to say, it's my day. It's also your parents' day. Parents who probably paid tens of thousands of euro raising us. Cop on. 
I like that person. I like that's that person nice. too. Yeah, and it is that. Nice. I think, again, it comes down to that experience is that later in life, you look back yes. on that thing where you were taught it was just your 21st birthday party or yeah. your graduation or your wedding day or even your Holy Communion and it was all about you. But actually it wasn't. It's it was about a family thing. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. And Very that's where so. you need to cop onto yourself. I have been with my girlfriend for four years now and since we met, one of the main things we've had in common has been our love for travelling and seeing new places. We've gone on multiple trips together, both short getaways and long longer explorations. But now she's told me she wants to go on a six-month trip around the world without me. If she was heading off on a girl's holiday, maybe I'd understand, but she plans to do this completely alone. I'm honestly really hurt and offended. Some of the countries she wants to visit have been on my list for years, so it's not like she thinks I wouldn't be interested. But she has no interest in going as a couple. She has no reason for wanting to go alone. She just says she wants to do it herself. Isn't that a reason for wanting to go alone? Anyway, uh, the fact that it's such a long uh, period away from one another is scaring me because can she really not stand me that much? Is this a way of letting me know that she's going to dump me and jet off? I just can't help feel anxious about it all. Wow. Okay. Um, Yeah, so, you know... you, you touched on the, on one of the key sentences there in that letter where, where, you know, he thinks that his girlfriend has no reason, could have no reason for wanting to go off on, on their own, own, you know, um, which, you know, that's yeah. patently just not true. Um, I guess the idea that a one part of a couple got, wanting to go and do something by themselves can feel like an, like a, an existential threat for, for the relationship and all that. And, and maybe it is, um, particularly if you haven't found a way to, to talk about it and to work out exactly what's going on behind. Now, there's a couple of things that went through my head immediately when I just thought in the, 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 over, the, the overlying statement, my girlfriend wants to go away without me. What is her reason for wanting to go away without me? You mentioned stuff like that she's want, that she's going, not going on a girl trip with, with her pals, because that's often a reason why somebody wants to go without their partner. We're going together. You know, you're not invited. We've often had problems on this programme where, you know, you're not invited to dinner because it's just the girls going out. And that's, you know, mm-hmm. we've talked about that idea and that's totally fine. And they're, you know, completely entitled to, to, to make that suggestion. The idea as well that wanting to go somewhere that you've both shared an interest in before because it could also be that your girlfriend wants to go somewhere because she just knows you wouldn't be into it she just actually wants to be master of her own destiny and her own choice Mm. of selection on excursions or whatever not that kind of stuff all that stuff aside there doesn't seem to be a clear reason for me why that that hasn't been expressed by the government she hasn't said why so that's where I kind of see the big kind of the problem I feel that there's a little bit of a clinginess thing going on here with, mm-hmm. with, with this this guy that that's g- giving me a little bit of a, an alarm bell. And I think it's that like the classic sentence that my mum used to always say, if it's not for you, it won't pass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this one's going to pass around the equator a few times without you. So, <laughs> so maybe it's time to take a large, deep breath and see if you can actually exist for six months or whatever it is on your own. See if you can develop your kind of autonomy within that space. Because... You know, one way or the other, she's going. And one way or another, you're not going with her. So you just need to suck that one up. And if you really care about your relationship and you believe it has the strength to survive, well, then, yeah, it might. But it could (laughs) likely be that she's just saying bye-bye-bye. I think this question implies he doesn't think it has the strength to survive. But in actual fact, you could look at it completely the opposite way around. I mean, he says they've been going out together for four years and now she's decided um, that she wants to do this six-month journey around wherever. And he's not going. She wants to do it on her own. 
But it could be that she's thinking that he perhaps is the one that they're going to settle down and this is yeah. her last chance to go out yeah. and do something on her own before they settle down well, and possibly yeah. have a mortgage and I didn't possibly think about have that. children. I yeah. that and she's thinking, do you know what? It's Six either now right or never. Six months right around the planet I didn't say that. But I also think that for a woman to do something like this can be very empowering to see if you can do it. You yeah. know, because there's a whole load of extra yeah. things that if you're a woman, you have to take into consideration if you're travelling on your own. So, um, you know, I think perhaps this journey that she wants to make is not about him at all. It's actually all about her and it's possibly about gaining some perspective. Maybe she does want to make sure that that he is the right one, you know, because if she's away for six months, she might miss him terribly. He might get a phone call three months in where she says, look, I'm in Buenos Aires. Fly down. One. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, fly <laughs> down and we'll have, you know, a week or two here and then you can go back because I really miss you. Or he mightn't hear from her at all and she does the six months. I mean, if she's going to dump him, she's going to dump him anyway. Right, yeah, so, yeah. you know, there's no point in him trying to stop her. But I do think this isn't about him so much as it's oh, about yeah. her. And I think what you said is right. I think it'll be very good for him as well because he does sound a bit whingy, like a whingy young fella here. Your mammy's going, off for six months mm. it's not about me and I'm going to be all on my own and I think that'll be good for him as well but he can't stop her he has to let her go and and he should give her his blessing and wish her well and let her go now, you, that, mm. that perspective that you had there was really interesting because I, I didn't see that tiny bit that it could be really positive mm. for them and their relationship um, but that's only going to be no, the case be if he <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. but it's only if he is positive enough amateur yes. enough and also you know it doesn't mean, you know, this is a very small, very connected world we live in now. It's not like, oh, yeah, it's like 1847 and she's going off to America and yes. like catch in yeah. and peg <laughs> and never to be seen again. This is like, you know, you you can be on FaceTime with her every yes. not every day. Now, that'd be a bit intense. Much, yeah. But like, you know, give her space. <laughs> you know, you can still be in contact and see each other Absolutely. and talk to each other regularly. Yeah, of yeah. course. Uh, I wonder is he a bit jealous? The listeners don't think so. It's over, pal. I give her two weeks in Thailand, then at a full moon party enters the six foot bronze toned Aussie charmer. Bye bye caller. That's from a guy. Uh, she wants to see what else is there. She will dump him way too clingy. Not a guy. Uh, it'll be easier for her to break up with him when she's away from him, which she won't have to do because he'll break up with her before she gets to do it. This sounds like insecure attachment in a relationship yeah. and someone else says she's just not that into you. If she could, she'd emigrate to North Korea to get away from you. <laughs> You guys are so mean. That's all very, very mean. Wow. That's very definitive, really. Yeah, God, very cynical. Seriously. Okay, in which case, you know, it is a bit weaselly to not have the next go. You know what, we're through and then I'm going to go. It's going to be, it's awkward, so... I'm going to go. But she could go for a flipping weekend to Paris and break up with her if she didn't yes, want to do it absolutely. face to face. She's doing yeah. a six yeah. months around the world. Like, yeah, like, I, I agree. I, I think it's more about, She's it's not, not about you, She's not that elaborate pal. kind of yeah. length in order just to get rid of him without looking at him. No, and I think you're right because solo travelling, especially for six months if yeah. you're a woman, that's very you know, empowering. When, like you say, when would you get the chance to do When would she get the chance to do that? Yeah. Is that not actually a kind of it's a bucket a, list yeah. thing? Is that not something that... Again, it makes I her sound like a great interest. Just, She'll have loads of things to talk about when she comes home. She will. Yep. If so, she doesn't come home with one from Argentina. Yeah. Uh, sounds like a very interesting and attractive woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and play, so you don't know Nothing me. to worry about. Uh, right, I've, started, uh, I've started dating my boyfriend a few months ago, so it's still a fairly new relationship. But there's something I think I've let go on for too long already. When we first started seeing each other, 
I didn't think it was going to last as a long-term relationship, so rather than enter into a really awkward and unnecessary conversation, I just started faking my orgasms. It's not that the sex is necessarily bad, but there are definitely parts of it that I enjoy. It's just not hitting the spot. I figured uh, faking it was easier than trying to show them how it's done or dragging things out for longer than they actually needed to be when I was getting nowhere anyway. But now I realise he's actually a lovely guy aside from all of that. So I want to be with him. But I also want to enjoy myself a bit more in the bedroom. Now I think it's too late to bring it up because he may be hurt to know I've been acting this whole time. How do I go about this in a less upfront and obvious way but still get the end result I want? (laughs) (laughs) Euphemism. Euphemism. This is, uh, yeah, this is kind of like a sticky wicket, isn't it? Um, Like... I'm not really sure that she's going to be able to retrieve the situation um, without kind of coming clean and admitting that you were kind of doing a bit of fakery uh, heretofore up to now. Like, um, because like it'd be much worse to say that you were enjoying orgasms that the fake ones and now you've suddenly stopped like that. You know, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I don't see how you can get around this. The only way that you can get around this without hurting his feelings and admitting the fact that you were pretending is to possibly go, no, they were grand, but they weren't great. And maybe Mm. if you did this or that or whatever it is that you need, that awkward conversation that she's talking about avoiding, that you could just say, you know, that they could be better. And maybe if we did this or that or didn't do this or that or the other. It depends. You see, it depends on our level of fakery. If it was Harry Met Sally fakery, then like, you know. That yeah. wasn't a good orgasm, Jesus woman. You're a <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I hope she didn't overdo it. Yes, yeah. that's oh, the yeah. thing. Well, then you know, I, 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 the only thing I can suggest <laughs> is try and say, let's make them a little better. Let's you know, and, and just or a little bit of kind of inarticulate waffle where he doesn't really know what she's actually saying deliberately. Yeah, where she has this waffly, stupid conversation yeah. around maybe not doing this and doing that. No, oh, yeah, they were always great, but now let's you know, and just hope that you can kind of get over it and, 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 and carry on. I mean, there is the awful possibility that maybe it's never going to be fixed. Do you know? Well, it, well it, true, but it sounds from what she's saying that there are maybe there a specific, specific set, of, set of actions he's yeah. not doing. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, yeah. it's actually there. Uh, you know, that yeah. probably those kinds of things. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think the, the problem that is actually here isn't really a, a, a him problem. It's a her problem. And, and the, the her problem isn't anything physical or to do with the, the actions that she requires. It's that she's holding on to past events that I think really should just be consigned into the midst of time. Forget about whatever. I don't care whether you're rolling around like ha- Harry Met Sally or whatever it is. Just from now on, going forward, behave don't have an in orgasm. a better way. Well, not don't have an orgasm, but just, I, I mean, don't act like... But she, that'll before. be weird because if she just suddenly stops acting, he's going to think there's something wrong. Like where he was doing everything all right yeah, before yeah. and now like something's broken and he doesn't know okay, what's broken. So yeah. again, assuming that she wasn't like, it wasn't this kind of, you know, massive writhing, oh, writhing oh, like yeah. a hellcat. Yeah, like really. So <laughs> maybe... <laughs> I think red like a hellcat. I don't even know what that means. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like the name of a vibrator. It's a can. Hellcat. (laughs) It's people's her memory of the past is just whatever it is. She has a different attribution to it because she knows she was engaged in a bit of tomfoolery, fakery, whatever. I think still, like presuming she's not immediately going to go, we're never going to have sex again. She just. Act a little bit different, and then over time, yeah. 
I also believe, yeah. most importantly, sorry if that wasn't very articulate, but I do also believe that it's more normal that as you become more intimate with somebody, two things happen. One, the kind of freedom that an abandon you might have if it was just a casual one-nighter starts to become less because you become more intimate and care about the person you're with because you know them differently. So to have a sex life that changes over the course of your well, relationship very is, yeah. is yes, very yeah. normal and it's mm. real. But only if in tandem with, you know, just physically and and chronologically getting to know somebody for longer that you actually communicate better. Yeah. I think that it's the little conversation that's just start to happen is like, oh, I prefer this. Not I like this and I don't like this thing. I prefer this or yeah, I feel yeah. better when that or means I f- I, or I feel more comfortable in telling you now yeah that, like, that this maybe. is yeah. 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 and all that stuff is about because that's normal that's part yeah, of the emotional no, bonding right. yeah, and all that kind of stuff is real I that's couldn't actually remember real that far, yeah. so I don't think even that this is about a problem within their relationship I think all it is is that communication it's a, a shift between you know when you kind of go into a situation <laughs> yeah when you go into a situation <laughs> shifting for the first time to like when it actually does become because a, a lot shift. of people actually do as their relationship becomes more um you know, connected yeah. and, and emotionally bonded is that the sex thing starts to become deeper, a little yeah. bit kind of strange because they can't be yeah. as maybe sexually free that they, you know, th- I've heard but it a lot. it actually can become deeper. You know what okay, I mean? It well, can, yeah. yeah. Like it can't. So yeah, no, I, so, I hear... But that's down to how communicative you are in the moment. And, you and what you're go. saying is take your time. Let this happen yeah, over and time. Don't, don't be shy about in the saying... Because yeah. no, here's nice. the reality of it is is that either... The, the sex part gets resolved or it doesn't. That doesn't, because you've already listed in your thing, you're, you kind of want to be with this guy. Yes. So each time, you, each day and each week and time that pass, your emotional bond with this person is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So you're going to be in a situation, I'm talking to the letter writer here, you're going to be in a situation where you might be considering dumping something that you really like because the sex isn't good enough when you could have kind of done something about fixing it. Yeah. So obviously then trying to fix that is the smart move. Whether that ever gets fixed, as you say, yeah. that's the problem for a different time. It is, so yeah. act now about what you can do now and then And take it slow. Yeah. And a little bit of, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's good advice yeah. there. I if think we solved that one If he puts now. on sad face and says, would you, you not like it, but I did it Say I did, but I like this better. Yeah. I like this better. Yeah. You say, is this a good time to mention the fact that I'm a furry? Yeah. What? What? Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, but if he says, but la- Is that like... something else I'm la- going to have to Google yeah, now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shock when last I Last time here. I, you know, last time I did this, you were like screaming and tearing strips out of me back and now, ben, and now just you're just saying. lying there. Like, What's a furry? I have no idea. I don't want to know what a furry is. <laughs> he, his job is to try and get us taken off the air, I think, all the time. I'm a disruptor. He's a disruptor. She needs to not fake next time and put it back on him saying, you're doing something different. Reverse psychology. Oh, well, that's a bit cruel, reverse psychology. But it's yeah. kind of good. It's kind of in the... I was kind of half of that is kind of good. Yeah. But then if he says something. But it's not putting it back on him. Like No, yeah, not but entirely bit, back on him. Yeah. But is, she is kind of wanting to put it back on yeah, him. Yeah, it is his fault, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but she's she just kind of. Hang on now. <laughs> she she hasn't like. It's, up, it's like he has to give her. Look, somebody else says, why is she blaming him for the yeah. fact she can't <laughs> orgasm? <laughs> like there's. I've never met a woman. I don't know how they work. <laughs> so I, you know, but I have an authoritative opinion. Like there's a map involved there. And, yes, you know, no, 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 you have to be psychic to know how the map yes, works. Yes, true. And the map is different from person <laughs> to person. Don't talk about maps. Yeah. Maps. 
Can I go now? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I must say, Declan, for a gay man, you're very authoritative on how to make a woman come. No, look, you know, you know I did tell you, <laughs> the mist of time, don't assume anything. Perfect, Declan, thank you both very much, as ever. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.